Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. It's me, Luke, and here, Phil. I'm here. I'm right here. Hello. He's there. <laughs> and uh, we're just going to jump straight into some updates on what we've been up to. It's been an, a very busy week this week, as per usual. Yeah. But one of the key things that mainly Phil's been working on is mm. the words that have been, uh, we're doing some serious updates mm. as to how we present the words you're unlocking on the course. So do you want to tell them a little bit about that? Sure. So you'll notice, I'm pretty sure by the time this podcast is out, they'll already be in the level review uh, sections of the course, which is that you'll notice that there are now pictures of the words that you've learned broken down into their word parts. So just nouns and verbs and adjectives and things like that. But it can be helpful when you want to come up with your own sentences, because one of the easiest ways to start outputting is to just write simple sentences. Um, and writing is great for output yes. when it comes to like, I mean, speaking is obviously what a lot of people think of when they think of uh, fluently communicating in the language, but just think about how much you text message and how important writing is for that. Yeah, I'd love to talk more about um, writing, but the first thing I noticed about when you showed me these uh, things, because it's it it's one of those things that you, I'm looking at it and I, I said to you like, well, this just shows them categorized what exactly they've unlocked. Oh, you've this level, like level 12 or whatever you've unlocked, this noun, this adjective, now you know these these number of prepositions, these number of verbs, these number mm -hmm. of verbs. And it doesn't have a direct function. Like it's not like some, something you can actually just use to get better at Chinese immediately. But it's it's mainly there for from a client's perspective, from you guys' point of view, as a way of sort of, it's, it's just an extra thing to get you motivated. It's like yeah. you, can, you have unlocked this specific function in the language. We already give you some stuff like that. Like at the end of every level, almost every level pretty much pretty much every level we give you a sort of progress chart based mm. on like how many characters of the total amount have you unlocked and how many words and and uh you know that sort of thing so yeah it's just an extra thing to it's like a, to gamify the process and it's like not not only have you unlocked this word but it's, it has this function i think that's awesome yeah and it's also it gives you a breakdown of the different usages so if there's a word that has more than one usage that's important to know sometimes, mm. you know, like, for example, uh, Annie put this in there, and this isn't something that you need to know all that early, but we have the word uh, fairly early in the course, mm. which just means earlier, you know, come over earlier. Uh, right? It would mean like, just come over a little bit earlier, right? But it can also mean a little breakfast treat. Because, oh. <laughs> you know, you have yeah. fan, which is uh, breakfast, and then Dian. That's a great character. has a number of different usages. Mm. One of them is like a little treat. So technically speaking, you could say uh, Dian. It's like a muffin or something like that would fall mm. into that category. And you don't need to know that early on, but it's kind of interesting to see how the characters can work that way. But that's one aspect to it. The other aspect to it is that we're very soon going to be placing into the course um, something Annie's working on right now, which is a series of flow charts to give you a sense of grammar so that you can write, right? The idea is that if you mm. can write a sentence, and we're gonna have these these lessons that have a picture of a flowchart that give you a number of different words that you can fit into a structure. And you know, there, we could literally make hundreds of these and you know, mm. these are more like a, a sort of supplemental bit of um, sort of help for you, but what they're really helpful for is giving you some kind of mad libs type of ideas for how to make some sentences that are, maybe they are they don't make any sense but they're grammatically correct so you could say like uh you know my cat uh really loves the planet jupiter or something like that you know it's, even though it's not something you'd likely say it's going to be grammatically correct and mm. 
grammar is of course a structure more than it is the content. The, the What fills it is the vocabulary that you continue to learn as you move forward, but the structures themselves, you know, you can replace words all through it. The key is you want to have it in the right order. So you'll just be getting more and more opportunities to output the language and you can use the um, pictures of the different word types to go, okay, mm. well, how can I make my own sentences with this particular uh, structure? So that'll be coming out very soon. I can't wait to get stuck into those because flowcharts, we, we, we've been doing this since day one, really, with mm. the, when we used to teach pronunciation live and stuff, we would actually, at the end of the pronunciation unit, we would present them with some images, yeah, just random images like that are weird or funny. And then we give them a series of words and we tell them the order and they have to like piece together the words and right, then pronou right. pronounce it correctly. Mm. And we, we're the, doing these flow charts, not only is it really great for you guys to actually visualize the grammar of the language, it's not always yeah. fixed rules. Like there's, there are some choices and stuff you can make with Chinese, but generally like most of the rules are quite fixed, but you can have, you can, we can like, that will open up all sorts of tests and games and activities that we can do, that we can actually incorporate into the video course. Mm. Like uh, create a set, like, or p uh, more user-generated content that you guys have been sending, not just giving us your props or giving us your, cut, your, your actors or your sets, but also saying what sentences did you make with this right. particular thing? And, and, and also like we can incorporate that into the video course as, as, as quizzes and questions. And I'm thinking there's tons of possibilities with the app that we're going to develop mm -hmm, as well. Mm -hmm. Like the, what sort of interesting, cool sort of tests you can come up with for that. So we're very excited about that. Great. Another great. thing to add a little bit of value to the course for you guys. And it's also just as a comment on how you uh, introduce grammar to people. It's like, you know, we were mm. big advocates of not focusing on the rule, but focusing on, okay, if there's a grammar point, you want to make sure that you see a lot of sentences that you understand made up of characters and words you know, which is kind of the bread and butter of this course, uh, that mm. allows you to kind of get a feel for it. And the idea with these flowcharts is that you don't need to know why we decided to go with this particular uh, point in the flowchart. Like maybe in the flowchart, we're really focusing on the third word, and we give you a lot of different choices on the third word, but we give mm. you fewer choices on the other ones. There's a reason behind it, but you don't have to know it. Like it's unnecessary mm. for you to be like aware, like, okay, in Chinese, there's a, a and like all that oh, stuff. That. It's like that, stuff. that stuff is unnecessary for you to know, but it is necessary for us as the content creators to make sure you're seeing all the possible combinations. So it'll give you a chance to learn grammar in a much more like, oh, that's how it works way. I've already seen these sentences and now I see the pattern versus, okay, I guess this is how grammar works, which is usually what happens in university, that's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, cool. All right. So we wanted to start off the content of sort of questions that have come in this week with a question that has come up a fair few times and we wanted to clarify it a bit and just go a bit more into what we're talking about here. So we say right on the front page of our website that you can learn 80% of Chinese in three months. And people were saying like, what's the basis of your 80% of Chinese claim? Because it does sound a little bit like those, you know, be fluent in Mandarin in oh, 10 man. days types of things. But it's yeah. uh, there is actually some you know, hard data backing it up. And uh, we thought we would just discuss it a little bit because it's the thing that people get confused about. They think it's misleading and, you know, so- But we'll it's also not something that is, while it is definitely provable, it's also not something, we're not trying to, like a lot of people can say, make claims that because of the way they worded it or something, it's technically, mm -hmm. uh, it's technically like legal and not lying to say, mm -hmm. but actually 
it's it's it cre they know full well that it creates the wrong impression in people's minds about what's possible with certain materials or whatever. Mm. We are not trying to do that, so I think it's really important that we we break it down that for, right, for that right. reason too. Now, the reason sometimes people think this is a misleading claim is because they'll say, okay, yes, technically it's true that you can learn 80% of Chinese by frequency in a relatively short amount of time, but that's just because it's the uh, good aspect of the 80-20 rule, which is to say that uh, 80% of the results come from 20% of the effort. And this is true of almost any learning endeavor and a number of other things as well. But if you just think of learning endeavors, there's a number of things that are really high frequency. And so if you learn them first, the bang for your buck is really high. And so the first thing we did is say, okay, well, let's be objective about this. Mm. What is that 80%? You mm. know, And so we looked at a corpus of... 15 billion Chinese words. And I'll get into a minute why that's not a perfectly accurate thing, but just for mm. the sake of understanding the logic behind it, 15 billion Chinese words from various things, newspaper articles, Weibo, uh, periodicals, books, magazines. It's a bunch of different types of things, so you get a good mix of written and spoken Chinese. And then what it does is it takes each word and it figures out, okay, out of that 15 billion, how many times did this word show up? Right. And then it makes a hierarchy, it just makes a list. And if you do the top thousand words in Chinese, they make up eleven billion seven hundred million. Yes, yeah, eleven billion seven hundred million occurrences. And so and the reason I'm coming up with these approximate numbers is because it's not perfect. The no. AIs that do analysis of words in Chinese sometimes get the border between words wrong because I mean it's very easy to do in Chinese of course right right it's actually they're not bad they're not terrible terrible but you know there's certain things where it's like oh that's not actually a if word if you ever use a link lingq.com which we mm. often recommend for like slightly higher level I guess people but uh, they often they have the same sort of thing it's just a it's an AI character or word analyzer and right, they right. always make these sorts of little mistakes every now and then it's, right right it's, but generally it's very accurate right and so the point is so we have 11,700 million occurrences out of the 15 billion that are uh, made up of the top 1,000 characters. So that means if you learn the top 1,000 characters, you're going to recognize, technically that's 78%, but again, I don't think that the 80% claim is unjustified considering the potential, like, and you know, it's, that's only of write, written, by the way. Of spoken, it's actually higher on average. Yeah, yeah, if we were to just, like, break it down, yeah, mm. into just spoken. But the point is, that's where the number comes from. And then people will say, well, that's misleading, though, because to get to the other 20%, you need to put in the other 80% uh, the the of the effort. <laughs> and first of all, I just want to first say that we've never made the claim that, you know, once you get to 80%, it's like a real, it's just a cakewalk to the remaining 20%. As a matter of fact, very early in the course, we make that extraordinarily clear. So we don't mislead people in that sense. We're making a claim that you can get to 80% of Mandarin Chinese by frequency mm. uh, by learning these top thousand words, and you have to learn them properly, hence the you know all the various things we do to make sure you've really acquired the words. It's, uh, it's deeper than that, right? Because it's not just, you know, it, obviously we need, a, we need a one line to basically sum it up so then people look deeper and then they'll discover mm -hmm. the, actual, the, you know, the actual sort of ins and outs of how it works and how the language works. So for example, for one big example that we don't, just don't have the space in our website header to talk about is that that 80%, that first 80%, we were talking about this before the yeah. podcast, like, that is tough. That's the hardest bit that we've made as easy as possible. It exists in fog is the way you can think That's, of it. It's yeah, like, exactly. You're it, just a realm of you're fog. You're fumbling your way through trying to figure out like what, you know what is 
what is a Chinese character? What is a Chinese word? How does Chinese grammar work? It's all brand new. Yeah. Whereas after that foundation period is built, it's not only 80% coverage and 20% of the effort. It's different kind of, like, that other 80% of the effort that's left for the rem- to, to learn the remaining, mm-hmm. whatever, 20% of the language. It's it's different. It's it's yeah. It's it's still time invested that you need a lot of time, yeah. but it's so much easier and more fun after that because you have a foundation. You can where well, you can read and listen and, and mm-hmm. learn the language more naturally. Yeah. So I think that like the way you could conceptualize it is that you know because it's it it's tricky because you're talking about effort, right? So we say eighty percent of the results come from twenty percent of the effort, and effort sounds like a thing like. I'm looking at the book and straining my mind, right? That type of effort. And I'd really say that it's, think of it more in terms of time. Time. Because yeah. after, sure, it will probably take, you know, four to five times as long to gain that remaining 20%. But the nature of what you're doing in that time is far more enjoyable. Well, we've tried to make the first 20 or 80% as enjoyable as we can, but it's far more enjoyable because you're reading actual content. Like you're reading stuff that is, and of course, graded readers come in really handy here, which we'll get to in a second, but uh, that's why we grade our content. That's why we make sure that you can understand as much as possible of the content that you're reading so that you acquire language. But mm-hmm. it's so much more straightforward. And the gr- you can cover all the major grammatical structures in that uh, 80% period. You can cover, you know, obviously the most frequent words and most frequent characters. And so the idea that, you know, it's it's misleading, I, I just don't think that that's true. I think it's also misleading to, to make people think that after that, you know, 80%, that it's going to be a re- as difficult of an effort of a strain on your mind as it will be in the beginning. That's like, you know, it takes less time in the beginning, but it's hard and, and, comparatively. And the 80-20 rule does, doesn't just apply to what we're talking about. Like this, it applies everywhere. And it's not mm. always exactly 80-20, sometimes it's 90-10, sometimes it's 70-30. But the, the, the idea that the, the majority of something makes up, the minority of something makes up the majority of something else is very common. So for example, the vast majority of learners only need that eighty percent anyway. They just want to they'll they'll want to get to like the, a foundation building in Chinese. Yeah, and then they'll be like, okay, I'm good. I'm good for now anyway, at least. And I, I've got a basic grasp of the language. I'm gonna you know again, the majority of people probably make up that right. Mm-hmm. And then for those of you that want to go deeper and keep learning that extra twenty that other twenty percent, well, I guess it wouldn't be the the whole entirety of the language. It'd be like more like 18, I mean, nobody 18, ever really reaches one hundred percent. The diminishing returns become so much that you reach like but anyway, yeah. Yeah, but if you want to do that, then of course that's why we keep making content and expanding out the course for you yeah that's yeah, just the, yeah. that's just the start for us as well remember yeah that that 80 percent coverage the other 20 percent, we are working our butts off to get to right now and we're going to be upgrading the course very soon yeah which is just it's a huge project but it's also the idea is that it's all about incredible mass input of comprehensible language you know just all the time like once you get to that point it's just about read 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 listen 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 Mm -hmm. as much as you can you know katsumoto style immerse yourself do as much as you can day to day and so that's the idea there it's much more straightforward or is it you know in the first bit you got to be like okay what the heck is a character i don't even know what this is i got to figure out how do i break it down how do i use incredibly uh in amazing byproducts of our evolution to visualize each aspect of a Chinese character. I mean, these are these are tricky questions, but once you get through it, then it's far more straightforward. Now, again, it might take you another, say, mm, let's say you, t- you spend three months to get to 80%. It might take you another year and a half to get to the point 
or or less. I'm saying a year and a half to get to the point where you might pass the HSK six. And sure, the HSK six isn't the end, but the point it, it doesn't even matter really. The mm-hmm. whole point is that you've gotten the foundation that will allow you to do what you want at that point. If you want to keep going, keep going. If you don't want to keep going, you'll be able to say basic things to people in Chinese. You'll be able to order a car. You'll be able to order food. Like you'll you'll be able to do the things that are necessary. Send basic texts and all that. So the point about this is that. We hope you don't find it a misleading claim. Uh, we think that it's accurate. It is technically accurate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, keep trying out the course. Keep For those of you who haven't joined it yet, it is a free trial for the first 80-plus lessons. So uh, check it out, and you really can learn 80% of Chinese in about three months if you were to spend I mean, about three hours a day on it. I mean, that is even – we still don't even know. I'm, I'm excited to see what the actual number – like because that's a very conservative estimate based on, you know, some of our live – customers before we uplate upgraded the course to be mm-hmm. this streamlined and smooth so i'm i'm very excited to see what the possibilities are considering we had one gentleman learn two uh, hundred characters in two days yeah, yeah. i'm excited to see what is the 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 sort of top point of that yeah you know, so far i mean we have a guy luke luke taylor i believe he's finished now and that means that he got it done in in two and a half months so like you know that and that's because it gets the content gets greater as you go through the course. So the first 105 characters, but even that though, even the first 105 characters, what are you doing during that time? Well, you're figuring out how the heck the character learning method works. So you could say, oh, well, the next uh, 500 characters to get to 600, that's more time than the first 105. And it's like, yeah, but it's way easier to do because you already know the method. So it's Mm. the same analogy to after you get past the 600 characters, it's like, oh, it's so much time to get to you know, the 3,000 characters and be able to read novels, it's like, yeah, but it's the whole path is easier to walk. So, like you say, know, no, no fog. Like yeah, less fog. It's clearer, guaranteed progress. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I'm, I'm really excited. We're both excited to see what are the full capabilities of this. We still yeah. don't know. It's really exciting. It's really fun to do. Okay, so next we have a question that I put next because we can relate it back to this 80% of Chinese discussion, which is uh, from the email. Jared says, what are your leveling standards for the course? And... You know, uh, I'm not totally sure if Jared means like, do you use the HSK or, you know, do you use something like what external source do you use? Or if he's asking, how do we determine level one, level two, level three, up to currently there's 36 levels of the course. Um, but I can just, we just answer both. So the, the first one is what are your leveling standards for the course is based on that corpus we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So there's that, you know, uh, 15 billion characters and the 11,000 or sorry, 11 billion, 700 million characters that have come from the first top thousand. So that's the sort of how do we figure out where do we draw the line and say 80%. That's how we do it. Now, the second thing is that when it comes to the levels of the course, we did a um, kind of an analysis of which components are you grouping together. So if you introduce a new prop or a new component in the course, what set of characters will get unlocked that are amongst that top 600. And so we would tend to, you know, at the beginning of the course, like the first level is five characters, the next level is five characters, but eventually it kind of, kind of evens out around 50 characters a level. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would just kind of draw the line in between two components. You know, we wouldn't draw the line at, right at 50 because then you might have a level shift in the middle of a component. So we would just go, okay, around 50 characters, where does the you know component shift and where do we introduce a new component and start a level that way, which is always a good way to, to do it if you're imagining you're starting a level 
here's mm. a new component you've never seen before, fresh, you know, you're ready to go, you've yeah. done your review of the previous level. And we decided yeah. uh, to start off with five characters a level, I believe, and then we just, after a few levels, we increased it to 10, and then after, I, t I can't remember exactly how we did it, but it was like 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30 like sort of gradually increasing the size. Yeah, and then uh, we kind of just drew the line around 50, because we didn't want the levels to feel like, oh, going through one level is such an insurmountable uh, task, but we also want to make it challenging enough that you feel good about finishing a level. You know, you finish level mm. 22, you're like, okay, that was a lot of stuff, but I did it, you know, so. Yeah. Cool, right, nice. So that's a bit about our leveling standards. And speaking of the idea of trying to kind of make sure that you're retaining the information and so you can confirm that you indeed have acquired the characters, have acquired the words, this is an email we got from Chad. So he said, quizzed myself this morning without using Anki and being shown the character, I was able to recall both the Chinese and the English at a 95.2% rate, which is basically what he's saying is that Anki or space repetition software in general, the research shows that if you do it based on the correct sort of the, the best intervals they could come up with based on 100 years of various experiments, it tends to come with a retention rate of between 90 and 95%. And so he quizzed himself without checking Anki in the morning and came up with a 95.2% rate. So the first thing you note about this is nothing's perfect, right? You're never going to remember everything that you put into Anki, but I mean, 95.2% is pretty, mm. pretty great, right? And that, that 90 to 95%, that's based on, I don't know what sort of, um, what they actually put on the flashcards to test that. Mm. But our flashcards are made in a very in, engaging way. And obviously you're recalling with images and audio and personal connections and and also the, the method you're using, for example, for the hands, the hands moving method, the stuff you're imagining is very memorable in itself. So maybe we'll, on average, we'll be able to get them up to a higher than 90% or 95% uh, on average recall. Um, yeah. Which Chad has just sort of, but don't expect expect that of yourself. But yeah. Um, yeah. So continuing, he says, I'm at 84 characters currently, and with many of them, I no longer require the movie scene. There were some that took a minute, and I had to use the movie scene for a piece or two. There were four <laughs> where I was dead wrong, and it's been pretty much the same ones. So I'll just make a new scene for them. I was a complete beginner when I started and had never used or even heard of memory palaces before. So currently, your claimed rate of 90 to 95 ret retention is holding. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, that's great. Obviously, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's an N plus one. It's just Chad's experience, but I'm not surprised. The space repetition software side of it mm -hmm. is the most heavily researched aspect. That's why everybody uses it all. And that's yeah. how we can, we've can we made the guarantee. So as long as you follow our instructions, you use Anki or whatever yeah. flashcard system we end up applying to the app later on. Yeah you will be able to retain it. Yeah, everything about Anki now, how is... how fun is, it is to recall it and how easy it is to recall it, that's another thing. You know? yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's down to our methods, right? Yeah. So, uh, there's so another, let's talk about a couple things that yeah, he said I, here. One, yeah. one of the key things that I mentioned is like, I no longer require a movie scene. And mm. we've mentioned this in, a couple of times in previous episodes, but I just want to reiterate that this whole system that you guys will learn, again, if you're not a customer, you can just go and check out a free trial to understand this memory palace system. But... It's very elaborate, at least it seems that way at first, right? right. So you've got 55 actors you have to choose and think about, 13 locations, not all chosen at the same time gradually throughout the course. But again, it's a lot of stuff and then the props and then the hardest part or the most the, the hardest part for beginners is like creatively bringing it all together and, and mm. representing the keyword connection, the, the, the meaning of the character. It all seems so elaborate. Like, do I have to do this every time I recall it as well? And it's like, yes, at first, but the method is purely there just to get some the, the character or later on the word 
and grammar points and what have you into your long-term memory faster mm. and keep it there longer and easier. Yeah. You know, it require less effort to recall because it's just so memorable. That's it. And once it's in your long-term memory, it's now a part of you. Right. So you know that character. You don't have to think about, you know, Marilyn Monroe in your grandma's bathroom, like dancing around with something. Yeah. It's just that character now. You yeah. Know? And you just write it and you speak it. And yes, you'll forget bits. But this, this is actually when I was learning, and I'm sure you found this too, when I was doing this method, the most fun things and satisfying things would be when I'd forget a character temporarily or a part of a character mm. and I'd jump back into my memory palace. And sometimes I wouldn't even remember what, like I'd forget the, the pronunciation, but I was like, I knew, it, I knew it had like an EI. So I'd just go into my EI place and I'll think of the props that are associated with that character and then it will trigger some mm -hmm. neuron connection yeah. um, and I'll remember the character somehow. You know, through, that happens all that. the time, which rote learning doesn't offer to you at and all. Bang, like, there's and it's no reburned into your memory again. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And it's in in the ways that are most evolutionarily uh, developed. You know, so visual memory is great. You know, the real key to remember here is that it's a bridge to get to the point where you acquire the words and characters naturally because Chinese has this major problem for beginners that other languages don't have. They have a Roman alphabet, which is that you can't just start reading early and acquire a character that way. Like if you see a Spanish word in text like 20 times, you'll probably acquire it and not need to, you know, and you'll never need a mnemonic device because you were able to see it. You may use some, but you don't necessarily need it. But in the case of Chinese characters, you need to learn a bunch of characters before you can even have them in basic sentences, much less paragraphs, much less, you know, uh, graded readers. So the point being that because that's the case, you need something to bridge the gap because you'll forget things really quickly if they don't connect to anything you already know, which is mm -hmm. hence why we have the whole memory palace. It's supposed to relate to your past experiences and you know all of those good memory techniques. But mm -hmm. you have to have something that gets you from I don't know anything to I'm reading things in context that is actually effective. So it, the point here is you do not, do not, do not need to remember these scenes forever. You just mm -hmm. need to remember them long enough to you can see the character in enough context that you've got it in the same way you've got a new vocabulary word in your native language. And that, that brings me on to something else, which is, you know, it, again, I, I can't help but keep referring back to the Pareto principle now, the 80-20 rule, because we <laughs> keep talking about it. But it's like Anki itself or flashcard software is probably 20% of the results. 80% uh -huh. is the actual method of learning. So in, in terms of overall retention of information, the learning method is 80%, let's say that. Yeah. And Anki is just a reviewing tool, it's 20%. So yeah. if you just use Anki without a, without an, a, a fun or effective method of learning, you're just rote learning. Mm -hmm. You're just mm -hmm. shoving information into your head and you will keep it there. That's how I did it on Memrise. Mm -hmm. I didn't really spend much time creating the mems, I just smashed that smashed those uh digital flashcards oh, yeah. every single day and it stayed there but it was all hollow it was empty information essentially what we're saying is that anki's effective even without these good memory techniques but it's fun if you have good memory techniques and the memory techniques themselves make it all the more likely that between the flashcard intervals that you'll remember and you'll look you'll so. look forward to doing your cards which is yeah, very yeah. important uh so there was another thing that chad said here that i just thought was worth commenting Sorry. on where he said uh uh 
So there were some that took a minute or two that I had to use the movie scene for a piece uh, for a piece or two to remember. So that was just compared to not even needing the movie scene. And then there were four where I was dead wrong, and it's pretty much the same one, so I'll just make a new ah. scene for them. And this is the beautiful thing about using uh, mnemonic visualization. Like, we actually saw somebody on Chinese forums the other day trying to defend rote memorization, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I, can, I don't even know what to say because it's like you can't do that with rote memorization at all. You can't just – you can't go back and recall – your the the room you're in and see the objects that are in the room and have it trigger all the previous things that you made in that scene you just have to do it again if you forget a character you tried to memorize just go okay go write it another hundred times from zero, you know much, and yeah. it takes way longer so the recall is very very helpful when it comes to using uh, mnemonic visualization and also they're, they're known if you keep getting the same ones wrong good good idea to go and start afresh yeah because maybe you learn it when you weren't in the, in the best of situations like mentally or mm -hmm. like mood wasn't right or you just didn't know the method very well at that time yeah um and these are also known as leeches i believe yeah that's what anki calls them yeah <clears throat> anki sure. calls them leeches where you keep getting the same ones wrong so and don't you know it's very common for people just to oh just ignore them then because it's, it's more effort yeah. <laughs> but yeah go and uh, go and address those early nip it in the bud it's a good idea okay so uh this is a this is a relevant question so the next email says just finished level 12 so i wanted to ask what you might recommend for me in terms of a chinese mm -hmm. reader mm -hmm. i'd want to get a hard copy of something as opposed to online material i'm old-fashioned when it comes huh. to that and this is so funny because it is they're is absolutely a service for this already called Mandarin Companion. Uh, we're big fans of these guys, John Pasden and uh, Jared Turner. Mm -hmm. They also, uh, I don't know if Jared does, but I, I know that John does Chinese Grammar Wiki. I believe, and, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about Jared, but uh, all set yeah. learning, yeah, yeah. Mandarin Companion is one, uh, Chinese Breeze, I mm. believe, is another. I'm not sure if it's the same creator or not, but it's uh, similar. Yeah, uh, yeah. Idea. It's just hardcover books, and I like one of the things I like that they do is they they they'll underline the names of places and people because mm. that tends to drive learners crazy. Yeah, it's um, always a good idea. Because yeah. I, I, it used to drive me crazy. It still does occasionally when I'm I'm not I'm not paying attention enough. I was like, what is this? Is this a thing? Is this what? What is? Oh, it's a bloody name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, oh, yeah. how did I not learn this? And it's like, but yeah, if you know what the names are, you yeah. know, I actually was thinking about that with our material. So the other thing uh, is that. After level 12, you're about to start getting uh, sentences. And, of course, sentences are probably the level you should be at. After mm. level 12, you only know 105 characters at that point. So you kind of – I wouldn't necessarily recommend jumping right into graded readers quite yet, but you probably could when you get to about level 20 or so. But yeah. the level 20 – uh, we start to introduce graded paragraphs, and then we start to introduce graded stories in uh, phase five, which is level 31 through 36. So you will get graded content. I mean, it's not a hard copy book, so if you want a hard copy book, Mandarin Companion is the way to go. But um, yeah, if you take away the names and the proper nouns like cities and whatever, then a lot, and you know, of course, bearing in mind that we will tell you if there's a top-down word in any of these texts, a word that you haven't acquired yet. But uh, if you take that out, you can get to something like 98% comprehension, which is what's called extensive reading. And that's the sweet spot for acquiring language. The more extensive reading, reading you can do, which is to say 98% or higher uh, comprehension, the faster you will acquire language. It's, uh, it's really – the studies are pretty, well, extensive on extensive reading. And I'll, I will put a link to the – there's this great PDF about extensive reading um, from the Extensive Reading Foundation. There's a whole foundation because mm -hmm. it's so – it's so useful. So we think that the Mandarin Blueprint method combined with extensive reading from things like Mandarin Companion is a really killer uh, mm -hmm. combination. Mm -hmm. 
absolutely. Uh, okay, so should we jump into this make a movie here? Yeah, sure. We gotta make a movie for Zhang. Zhang. So yeah. this means this is a, has a few meanings, but uh, it's like. Usually it's used to make someone do something or to have someone do something like, oh, have him get me a coffee or something like that. It's kind it's, of that. It's weird because it's, it's actually the word make as in like to make someone do something, but it's also allow someone to do something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's got those two meanings. And then it also has the meaning mm -hmm. of uh, to, to move out of the way, yield or move out yeah, of the like way. Like, okay, fine. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so the, the location here is a uh, former home. It's a place where he spent a lot of time being angry. Mm -hmm. A-N-G is the name, is the set. So yeah. that's a way of connecting that. I like that. That's a good <laughs> I was an angry time Maybe in my a, life. He had a bad, bad neighbor or something. Yeah. Um, actor is his cousin Ryan, Megaphone, and God, Shang Di. Um, I arrived back at my former home to find my cousin Ryan conducting a cult meeting in the backyard. I ask him what he's doing, and he says that they are trying to summon the God. Shang Di. So that would be the uh, Tian The right side component. The, yeah. yeah, there's just, yeah. I stand by the back door and watch as they begin chanting. All of a sudden, Shang Di begins descending into my backyard. Upon landing in my yard, my cousin pulls out his megaphone and says, Yield for the god, Shang Di, give way. Move, move away. Mm. And yield is the key word that we give for this one. Sure. Move back. Uh, the crowd parts and Shang Di makes his way through the crowd and heads into my house and uses the bathroom. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we get the the final. Um, yeah, it's it's in the backyard already, which is fourth tone. But he even uses the bathroom, which is also the other place we say can be fourth tone. And that is so. a, a key thing: is involving the involving the location, involving the room a little bit. No, yeah. it cements the. It's, it really cements the pronunciation. I, yeah. I don't have no issues with this at all. Yeah. Um, that's a really solid movie scene. Yeah, and you got all the. Um, you know the. One thing that you could theoretically criticize in this one is that there is um, a sense there's <clears throat> words said in it yield for the god Shangdi, but it's also very oh, visual. The crowd parts. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's also visual. We always so, say to people never fully rely on audio, right? Because that you know it has to be visual and so. And Chad has uh, definitely put in a visual aspect here, so that's great. Yeah, and it's so very good. All right, nice. All right, next. Mulyati. I'm probably saying that wrong, uh, on Mandarin finals categorized. So this is from Pronunciation Mastery. Wow, I never thought about a diagram. So we'll probably be able to get a, an image. So yeah, we can, we can put the image in We'll put in the here. image in here for, for you guys to check out under this comment. Um, thanks for introducing it. It simplifies things. So this will be on Mandarin finals. Um, so we actually categorize all of the finals, the nasal finals and the... Um, yeah, it's a nifty little uh, little uh, and the, chart you uh, put. You... The compound finals, as well as we do that the same thing for all of the initials as well. So we separate them out and clear, clarify them. These are all the initials. I believe that, I can't remember. I think twenty one. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and we categorize them into three different groups, and we do that for problem initials. And it's it's a very systematic breakdown of everything pronunciation. So mm -hmm. I'm glad that um, Mulyati found that useful it's, it's quite pleasant to look at too you can kind of like uh try out different things and i mean because mandarin pronunciation does have a few weird exceptions i would recommend you know make sure you've seen the videos explaining each final but once you have going back to that uh chart and then going through and just like you know reminding yourself of the various rules is really helpful and part of me also uh sort of is a bit relieved because i spent a long time making a lot of those <laughs> making a lot of things in keynote yeah, and uh, so I'm glad that someone actually got used to it. Sometimes I was looking, I was like, I hope someone actually uses this. Um, 
So that's that's awesome. All right, cool. Uh, the next one is uh, from Soledad Morillas on click play and follow the instructions, learn Chinese. So this is the, one of the very early, early videos. I think it's the second video. Yeah. yeah, from the Mandarin Blueprint Method course. He says, oh, yeah, I believe it's a he. Um, I've been learning around 1,200 Chinese words in pinyin for the last seven years. Just using pinyin oh, yeah. with ups and downs. Now, my challenge is acquiring those same words with their characters, but in those just few months. So here we go. I'm sure that uh, you'll easily be able to because uh, yeah, you'll have a basis as well to attach the new information to. It's not starting absolutely from scratch. It's closer to like what a Chinese person is dealing with when they start. I mean, yeah. it's not totally because they're they're really spoken like they're fluent on a, a pretty high level by the time they start learning characters. Mm. But the fact that you already have been exposed to these characters, I'll tell you this, if you see a character that you are sure you know the word to, uh, feel free to streamline the mnemonic process because half of the reason to do the mnemonic process is because you don't know the pronunciation. But if you're sure you have the pronunciation, including the tone, it's got to include the tone, mm. then uh, feel free to streamline the uh, mnemonic visualization process a bit. If, uh, what do you mean streamline? You mean just just get just not bother with it or do you mean well i mean it's, it's like you don't necessarily if you know the pronunciation you could just uh do it heisig style and have a just imagine wherever you want something happening with the props with the two character components it's just you know don't make it harder on yourself if you already have mastered something mm. it's basically all i'm saying phil just mentioned so. heisig there that's h-e-i-s-i-g uh mm. he him he and uh dr richardson created a book called remembering the simplified hansa and that was one of our inspirations for this right. entire system yeah 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 absolutely so like they didn't do any pronunciation mnemonics and uh it worked for us but of course the big problem with it is then you would have to go through the entire thing again and learn the pronunciations and that's obviously very inefficient so we we fixed that with the mandarin blueprint method but they would just i remember it's funny to think about it now like where do these things take place in the heisig method like that's one thing that's strange for me thinking back on it now where did everything happen you know, I don't even remember what I used to do because he didn't have a room or a place you're supposed to be. So mm. I would just be like, I guess it's just happening in front of me. Like, well, you know. one of the key things about that was he, he had so much. It was, it was groundbreaking, that book, because it, it paved the way for so many people yeah. like ourselves to develop it. first non-roach way of learning yeah, characters. Everyone yeah. knows it has weaknesses and stuff. I don't want to go on about those. But it was uh, he, he sort of touched on the idea of mnemonic visualization, but he didn't harp on the idea like we do of actually imagine it happening mm -hmm. you know I, at least i don't remember i might be i hope someone doesn't find out i'm misquoting him but because there's a whole introductory part and i read it quite detailed in, in quite a lot of detail but i don't it doesn't say okay now imagine you're here or imagine you're actually imagining it mm -hmm. he usually just uh, describes a story right right um for the first few hundred characters and then just lets you do it yourself so there's a lot of i feel untapped potential about the power of mnemonics in that book right right um but we yeah hopefully we've Hopefully we've solved it. We have. I'm confident. All right, cool. So next. Pamela Baldwin on set the scene. That's where we ask uh, users to choose a set, a, a real location from their lives to attach to a final. Mm. Um, one of the 13 different finals that we have in this method. You guys are making me feel confident in myself. Well, that's nice to hear. I'm starting to understand the relationship between characters and words now. Thank mm. you. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that because that's one of the things for me, it was a surprise when I started to understand just how consistent 
Chinese is. You know, mm-hmm. and it take you have to learn some characters and see them in a lot of different words before you start to get it. But you start to see, oh, this is so simple, like mm-hmm. how words are constructed. And mm-hmm. so it's it's like a relief, really, is what it feels like because you're like, oh, okay, well, if I get through the hard part of learning characters, learning lots of words will be very simple. And mm-hmm. also going back to that eighty twenty thing. When you have a foundation for how words are structured, which, again, you don't have at the beginning. You're in a fog, right? But when you reach the 80% point, you have a very good idea of how words are structured. Mm. You see a new word that is uh, the same structure as the, say, 300 out of the 1,000 words you already know. You quickly acquire it. And then you see it in a sentence or you see it in a paragraph and you quickly acquire it. So the idea that it takes, you know, it's so much effort. No, it's not. It's not much effort at all mm-hmm. once the foundation is built. And the next one here is from uh, John Hay on character number 127. So he's making really good progress there. Great. Tu, which uh, I believe in, with fourth tone, it's to, to, it's vomit. to vomit. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, with tu, it's uh, third tone, it's actually spit mm. or phlegm, sort of, or to, to spit rather, yeah. I believe. Um, don't use that one very often, thankfully. Uh, so uh, it's a word. That, that's a when, so when we've unlocked a character or learned a character using the method and it's actually also an, a standalone word like a single a simple verb or a simple adjective or whatever we'll tell you and he says i find that rather than having sentences nicely formatted and presented in pdf form it helps to copy them personally by hand writing them out mm-hmm. it takes a little bit more time but it is time well spent obliging me to review each word its pronunciation and the sentence structure whilst copying. From my own teaching experience, the more effort I put into preparing scripts and handouts, the less they are read. The pupils, albeit in my case, the more or less motivated children, seem to feel that by having put the material neatly into their files, their work has been done. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. And, and from an experienced teacher, I'm sure he knows what he's talking about there. Well, so if you want to write down the sentences, uh, you know, maybe it'll be, it'll work for you. Um, it's Mm. not practical for us to do that. Um, like I thought about this earlier and it's, it's not practical for us to do that, but you can by all means do it if you want. Um, the reason why it's not practical is because I mean, you, how are you going to know what sentences to make at this stage? Like we have to provide the sentences, but that's why every single sentence has a flashcard and we expect you to do the flashcards. So it's like Mm. the flashcards are already there waiting for you and they're going to come up in your queue. So in order to avoid them, you would have to skip them or delete them or something. You'd have to actively remove them from your queue. So I don't really think it's an issue if you're not the type of person who wants to write them down. But if you want to write them down, I do think there's merit to what he's saying about putting the effort into thinking about each word. But I mean, he's saying obliging me to review each word. Well, Anki obliges you to review each word too. So like it's, it don't feel like you have to do this, but if it helps you, there's certainly a tactile response you can get from writing out a sentence that is quite good, but it would be a bit impractical to do that for every single sentence because then you'd be not really doing it in the most efficient way. So do it when you want to, I say. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, net visage, visage or visage? on character number 31, e, meaning second, or what one of the meanings is second. Mm. It's a make a movie lesson. So it's where we actually make the movie, where we learn the character. Mm. He said, what's the difference, or he asked, what's the difference between e and dr? Mm. So e means second, and dr also means second. Right, it's right. the ordinal number, first, second, third, etc. But yeah. e does mean second, but it's more, much, well, far more formal. Uh, mm. You see it, it's actually representative of the second heavenly stem second heavenly stem yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so it's it you'll find it on things like uh exam questions um could uh contracts like the first party the jia fang 
and the second party that Yi Fang, mm-hmm. you know, and you know other players. There's a bunch of other different situations you'll see it in, but usually it's that sort of thing. Yeah, only written. I've never heard anybody say. I guess I've heard somebody read Yi Fang. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, on a contract. Only but, written. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. only really written. I mean, there um, there is a distinction that's worth making here with written and spoken. Like generally speaking, spoken Chinese should never be used in formal writing ever. Right, like that's kind of the the rule there. You can use written speech, written Chinese in speech, but you're going to sound really formal. But you know there are People formal like to do that, and it sounds awesome in certain situations. It sounds it's really appropriate to yeah, sound yeah. a bit formal. It's just important to recognize that it's not a rule that you can't use written Chinese in speech. Just be aware that if you're in a context that's very casual, it's going to come off really strangely. Mm. Um, so dr is just the way you would say it in speech, and uh, also. The, that naturally kind of leads to the question, well, then why are you bothering teaching something that's so formal <laughs> and weird? Well, if you look at uh, E in the show notes or on um, uh, YouTube, it's a very simple character that's a major component in other characters. So of the 592 characters in our course, only about 500 of them are the top most frequent. The other 92 are characters we teach in order to teach other characters more quickly. And they all, they will come up and they will be necessary. They're not they're just not necessarily the top 500. Mm, so Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chad Wrestler on character number 88, Xie, as in thank you, Xie Xie. Mm. Uh, it's make a movie. So here's, here's his movie for that. The location is father in law Ed's backyard. Actor, Shauna, it's a female, Yi Xie. Xie. Um, and the props are Megaphone, Xenomorph Queen. No idea what that is. He uh, talks about that later in the uh, props. Oh, section. cool. Uh, yeah. Wheel Width Caliper, so some sort of tool. Uh, my girlfriend and I are visiting her father, and we are all hanging out in the backyard visiting with family. I was recently able to tame a xenomorph queen <laughs> who is now a family pet. Her father wonders what the diameter of the queen's head is, and I tell him I can measure it. But he has, but the family has to follow some directions so we don't startle her, and she kills everyone. <laughs> my father-in-law uh hands me a wheel with caliper to measure the queen's head and i stand behind her and wait my girlfriend then issues directions through her megaphone on how to behave around a xenomorph and then says thank you for your cooperation good again audio right so if that was just audio she's saying thank you for your cooperation that's not going to be very helpful right Mm -hmm. but I'm very confident that Chad wouldn't have just imagined that. I'm sure. I'm sure she's 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 showing sort of that um, deferential sort of mm-hmm. gratitude in her body language as well. Thank you, thank you, and everyone's like, no problem. In Chinese, you, know. uh, you won't be able to see this in the audio version, but in, in China, they'll they'll do this a lot. They'll say, yeah, that's the thing that they'll do, and you could that's very visual. So if you happen to have some experience in China, you could totally use that one too. But really, there's a lot of different uh, gestures or facial expressions you might imagine when somebody is expressing mm. gratitude. So that can that can work quite well. Yeah, nice. and that is a tough one as well because it's you know it's, not, well, it's it's more tough, I guess, because it has it's there's a, there's three components to it or props in this case. So it's more to think about. Mm. But he's handled that very well as long as he positioning is good so we've got from your perspective it'll be the megaphone here um the the xenomorph queen is a body i guess yeah yeah and then the twin the um what was the other what was the thing the was wheel, with caliper. wheel with caliper on the right mm. you know so that's nice. yeah that's really good really good Cool. Next, we have Robert Carver on character 204. This is cool. Uh, so he said, this one was a bit serendipi- serendipitous, so I had to share. My ZHU character is the Robin Williams voiced genie from the Disney movie Aladdin. I love that we have to clarify that now. Um, 
So that's a fictional character because we have the oo sound. So uh, genie, do, right? So it makes sense that he picked the genie for that one. That's a great choice. So that's his actor. And my prop for the master character is Aladdin because he's the genie's master. So it happens that his actor for ZHU and the prop for the right side component is are both from the movie Aladdin. And it just is quite serendipitous. Okay, no. so... These two decisions happened apart from each other. Mm. So when this character, Jewel, came up, it was perfect. Uh, you get that sometimes. It's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't totally. exactly list any right now, but there's there's loads of situations that comes up as you're learning. It's like, oh, brilliant. You know, I'm yeah. so glad these two things are together. I get to yeah, or this actor's personality is perfect for this meaning. Or like, yeah, exactly. it's, it happens all the time. It's great. All right, so here's what actually happened. So Aladdin is using one of his wishes and tells the genie he wants to be hot meaning attractive, but the genie misunderstands and when he snaps his finger fingers, Aladdin explodes in flames and starts running around screaming. <laughs> That's great. Hey, remember, they're cartoons. All right, so uh, genie gives a Robin Williams yell, turns himself into a giant pitcher of water, which is the left side prop, and pours and pours the keyword himself into Aladdin to put out the flames. I watched that movie so many times as a child that imagining this scene is instantaneous. And that's exactly, among many things to talk about, that is one of the key things. Like choose actors and props and sets. Take your time choosing them. You don't have to rush. Choose things that are meaningful yeah. to you if you can. Uh, as meaningful or as memorable as possible. And so choose actors that you know personally or you know a lot about or you love or you hate. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, that's so, exactly why. Just, they write themselves. These scenes write themselves if you know who are involved. Yeah, yeah. So this is character 204, and he learned it almost instantly, right? So uh, if you only had to learn 100 characters to learn all the characters in Chinese, it would not be worth going through the process of figuring. It would be far too complicated because it's about a six-step process, a six- or seven-step process for each scene, right? But people report that it takes usually about 30 characters of through the video course because the 30 characters is way more than 30 videos because we're teaching you how to do the method so after about 30 characters people say yeah okay i understand how it works right mm -hmm. so suppose you want to get to 3,000 characters it takes one percent of the characters to get the method down the remaining 2,970 you have this amazing mnemonic method in your brain so it's absolutely worth it like uh you know some people think it's complicated when they first see it you know and completely understandable because it is any six or seven step process when you first see it mm. it's like hmm, that seems a little bit like a lot of moving parts but seriously how many times do you have to do a seven step process for you're like okay i got it you know so clearly here robert just you know, he pulled this out at, at 204 instantaneously gets it and it's only going to get easier as you go on you're only going to get better at it so mm. yeah yeah, it seems it seems fine here. I I would just uh, this is just in case. I was just uh, I'm not saying this to criticize Robert's scene in any way. It's just in case people listening get the wrong idea about uh, how. So you've got to make sure that props, for example, in this case, I'm a bit concerned about the picture of water prop. Mm. The props have to be not only distinct from other props and other objects in the room, but also they have to be consistent. So mm. the genie would have to turn into, or it's rather better. I don't want to say have to at any point really, but it's best that the, the genie would turn into the actual water prop, whatever it was you use, whether it's a fountain or a, a water balloon or a water yeah. gun or whatever it was, the genie turned into that and it's clearly that prop. It's not a new, different 
I think that, you know I think that even better, the genie just conjures the prop because yeah, he's a genie, so it's yeah. not even weird that he would do that. It's it's not confusing about why he would do that because Aladdin's on fire, so it's mm-hmm. like okay, I'll conjure a thing. That way, the genie remains in this. Again, we're he's not he's going to remember this because he loves that movie. But you know that would be listening. you can still see the genie, you can still see the uh, the mm. thing to pour, and then the pouring is the you know. And that helps if you do have to recall it for some reason later. And you have to go back and go, what was that thing again? Mm-hmm. You might go back and be like, I see the water, but who was the actor for this mm. was it john john who's oh, who's the actor and you you know so it can, yeah. can cause issues just general guidelines we like to give by the way the that Zhu character my favorite one of my favorite words in chinese is Zhu yi, which means ah. to pay attention but it literally means poor meaning right so it's like yeah. pour the meaning on this thing you know the, the most common way you'll see is uh which just means pay attention pay attention to safety or be be cognizant mm. of the safety so pour your attention on safety and it's like sure yeah that's a fun it's a really cool way to conceptualize it mm, absolutely right. uh, another one uh, next comment here is another make a movie this is for dai as in d-a-i to uh, to replace mm-hmm. uh, or substitute something i believe substitute is the keyword for this yeah location is backyard of my old trailer Actor is Dustin, co-worker. The props, if you look at the left side component, that's Chuck Norris representing the man component, the manliest man that's ever manned. Um, (laughs) And the right side component is actually an arrow. That's what it is. It's a pictogram of that. So we asked people to choose some sort of arrow. So he says, my co-worker Dustin and I are hanging out in the backyard at my old trailer, and he asks if he can borrow one of my DVDs. I recommend one of my Chuck Norris movies, but he wants to borrow The Substitute with Tom Berenger, I haven't seen that one. Hmm. Uh, He then starts talking about how Tom Berenger's character in the movie is tougher than Chuck Norris. All of a sudden, (laughs) Chuck Norris comes out from the neighbor's house and tells Dustin to go get my DVD of The Substitute. He then forces him to hold it up as he shoots an arrow straight through the DVD. (laughs) Crying, Dustin asks if he can borrow The Substitute 2 with Treat Williams instead. I suppose that's the main character in The Substitute, too. I haven't seen either of The Substitutes, but that's, that story made me laugh. So even though you maybe, it's a little bit, there's a couple of areas where you might go, hmm, are you going to remember that it was, this was about Tom Berenger if he's not actually in the room, you know, in some way, but I still think it's pretty funny. So you'll probably remember just because it's, it's humorous, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chuck Norris goes, <laughs> how dare you suggest. <laughs> Anybody could be manlier than me. <laughs> this just reminds me back when we were learning, you know, like when we were doing it, we'd sit there in silence for like half an hour, an hour at a time, and every now and then we'd just be like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and just like, what, what? Tell me your story. Oh, it was just four tentacles, uh, you know, attacking a, a mole. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, next All one right. is from uh, Jeffrey Appleshotten on character one hundred eight, draw as in draws it, make a movie. Question about props here. In this case, the props could also be a key, as in to occupy. To occupy. Hmm. Um, that occupy being the top part there. A razor blade and a tree. So a key, a razor blade, and a tree. Three components. Does it matter which you choose? I can imagine that this will happen more often later on. Now this is going to be tough for people who aren't familiar with the method, or even for people that are doing the method to understand exactly what he means here. But he's using about using different combinations of props, like mm-hmm. dividing at different points in the yes. character. It's, yeah. It is very possible at many different times. Mm-hmm. One, one that's, uh, uh, re- this reminds me of another one that we've had from a, a client, which actually was better than the one that we suggested, which is for Bai, 100. 
Uh, right. Okay. In my opinion, I think his suggestion, or was it bai, or was it? No, it was it was it was it was mian, as yeah, in, yeah, uh, noodles or, or mm-hmm. face. Uh, we, I, I can't remember exactly what we suggest, but we, his suggestion was like, oh, I don't really see the three props that you're talking about. I see these three, mm-hmm. and it still mm-hmm. works logically. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, remember it. what you're trying to do is write the character down accurately and recognize it. So if what your if the props that you pick help you come up with that then that's fine because what happens later on a a significant amount more is that two props will like share a stroke for example Mm. uh they'll have like just one the 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 left side stroke of one prop is the right side stroke of another one yeah ka is an example there they share the bot like it's either the top of xia or the bottom of shang Mm. um that's a good example now this one we originally suggested magic wand uh, sun and tree. He's saying, "What if I put the razor blade in between that uh, section of the key or to occupy?" Which uh, last week we Dang. had, we had uh, Iwo Jima. The Iwo Jima model is an example of uh, occupy. He has a key as an example of occupy. That's fine. And then he's saying, "Put the razor blade right in the middle." If that makes the scene easier for you to imagine, then do it because all that matters. I would say the positioning of the razor blade is really important in that one. You want to make mm-hmm. sure the positioning of the razor blade is right in the middle of the key. But yeah. other than that, it's like uh, do the one that's going to make you remember it more easily. And, and if it turns out that because you use those three props, you're having trouble uh, writing it correctly, which I highly doubt. But if that turned out to be the case, then okay, try different props. But mm-hmm. that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine. And if you ever realize that, just just remember it's all about did you write it down correctly? And if you did, success. So. Great. Yeah, excellent. So we've got four uh, casting calls in a row here. Casting calls where we ask the user, you know, client, the user to uh, choose a person to represent an initial. There's 55 in total, four different categories, men, women, fictional, and kind of a, I was thinking for future, wild card category. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I was thinking of future future iterations of the course. Maybe we, well, if we can update it later, we we just call this the wild card. You can you don't have to. It doesn't have to be gods. Doesn't have to be world leaders. Could also be rock bands or anything or communist communist leaders or whatever it is. Anyway, yeah. uh, that's something for maybe for another podcast. But uh, the first one here uh, we've got for Mu as in M U. So that'd be a fictional casting call. Um, Moon Zhang Ziyi's character from the Jet Li movie. Hero. Oh yeah, that's a really popular movie, eh? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so uh, character there, good. So next one. Good. I got um, another one for E second. Um, we talked about earlier, so that'd be Y I. So anything with the E I sound would be female. So that's Yang Mi. Uh, quite popular if you watch Chinese dramas and fits the Y. I actually don't watch it. Now. My my fiance does a lot. But, yeah, well, uh, you know, it's the that's a good one to to source for Y I because Y I is a bit tricky. Mm. Uh, when it comes to female names, you can either pick one that starts with Y, like Yoko Ono. Uh, she's the one that I wish I had used uh, when I thought of Yoko Ono. I was like, oh, she would have been better. But there's a lot. You, otherwise, you have to pick a name that sounds like E, so you have to maybe have an I name. And you know, there's not that many. Indira Gandhi was yours. Mine was. Uh, uh, Idina Menzel, the Broadway actress, that it, it gets a little bit tenuous. So if you happen to know any Chinese actor that has a Y at the beginning of their name, then that'll work. Uh, yeah. Uh, another one from uh, Kai, character sixty nine, Fu. So it's a U, so that'd be another fictional actor, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, Brilliant. great one, great one. <laughs> Yeah, and so like I love that this is happening. These user generated things because we're not going to think of everything. Of course not, especially in the yeah. fictional universe. Jeez. Yeah, it's endless. Um, so hopefully, if anyone's listening, you haven't started sharing anything like your actors, sets, movie scenes, whatever you want to do, share them. People, yeah. It really helps people. 
Yeah, yeah, and it, it's great for us as well. It's, it's awesome. Uh, last one here from No No Name on character one hundred and eight. Draw that. So that'd be Drew. That'd be another fictional Junior from the Cleveland Show. Yeah, sure. Yeah, great. Hilarious Excellent. little character. Yeah. Um, so the fight will end today by talking about uh, a few props that mm -hmm. people picked, and uh, we we actually already touched on the one that uh, Chad mm. picked, the Xenomorph Queen. From the movie Aliens, so I think that we should do the props earlier. So oh, Xenomorph <laughs> Queen—that's what she yeah. is. Okay, yeah, 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 of course, everyone knows that the yeah, guy, yeah. the guy, got alien thing. In the future, yeah, we'll yeah. do the props earlier in the podcast, so then when they come up later, we'll know where they came from. But yeah, like the, that movie <laughs> uh, is—is I scared the crap out of me as a kid. That was one of the movies. Yeah. Like every kid has a few movies they probably saw a little bit too young. For me, it was Aliens. Two. I yeah. saw it when I was like eight. Oh. My granddad showed me it. I was like, yeah. "Why'd you do this to me?" And uh, yeah, so that that I think is a great one now. All right, yeah. so Julian Laffey, character two thirty four. Julian smashing it. Uh, yo, as in his right hand. We chose. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what we suggest anyway. We suggest a right hand man. So anybody who's mm -hmm. sort of a right hand man, anyway. Yeah, to Jesse from Breaking Bad, and that's what we inspired <laughs> us to name this podcast. Um, yeah. I I can picture the yellow hazmat suit and gas mask on top of the head. Awesome. Yeah, that's excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Chad wrestler on character ninety three. What I me. Yeah. Uh, so I pick a prop because we actually use what I as a, a prop, prop in for, other yeah. characters. I believe two other very common characters use it, like including hungry, mm. and he's chosen the Greek god god Narcissus. Yeah. So. Anyone knows Greek? Uh, yeah, Narcissus. So he was obsessed with himself. Right, 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 so literally where we came up with the term narcissist was that that story. So it's like that's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. I'm almost sad that we didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a really good one. Yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, Sydney Green on character two two nine. She pick a prop. The prop for this character for me is a cowboy with his legs rather bowed in the usual cowboy stance after being on a horse for too long. Sure. So um, she means West. So, you know, the yeah. Westerns and Cowboys makes mm. perfect sense for that. And I like that. I can imagine that, too. That sort of mm. bowed legged type of guy there. So mm. totally. So great. So that was some pick a prop suggestions and casting call suggestions. If you put your suggestions, you know, in the course, it'll help other people. We'll make note of it on the podcast and, uh, you know, and, and let you know if perhaps this may be not a good one. But so far today, it was all mm. great choices. And and, before, uh, we, um, before we sign off today, I just wanted to address one quick thing, which is, um, we had a very valued customer come up to us, uh, not come up to us in, in the street, but yeah. he, he sent a message to us um, and he basically just said that, you know, one of our podcasts with Scott Draper, a couple of podcasts number ago, yeah. number nine, he was a little bit, well, you know, upset about some of the language that we used and that Scott used and so, especially some of the imagery that we used and... <laughs> um, and I, you know, we just wanted to say sorry to anyone that was, uh, you know, if that, if that bothered you at all. We try, we, well, how to say? It? I mean, Scott is a, he's his own guy, he's his own man, and we're very close friends for many years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we kind of let a little bit too much, I guess, like locker room talk. We just forgot to to mention it at the beginning of the podcast that, like, hey, you know, please don't swear or you know because yeah. you know, we want to keep it family friendly we want people to be able to listen to this podcast while they're in the car with their kids and you know so exactly like that. and and also you know what you made a really good point which which i replied in uh to uh the person was you know we've maintained we've uh, we've both especially me like, i've been obsessed with trying to keep this whole thing as family friendly as possible throughout mm. the course yeah so why wouldn't we also translate that to the blog and the podcast and everything else we make right? yeah and it makes yeah. sense like yeah so let's no, we might, and I, you know, I also mentioned as well that you know, 
we're probably going to swear every now and then. We're going to really try not to, but it's like we don't want to censor ourselves too much, especially mm -hmm. our guests. We might talk about, you know, we might get into more controversial topics later. Who knows? We might start talking about, you know, China and uh, and and in, in more general sense, and mm -hmm. things might come up. But and so we're not going to edit or delete stuff we've already posted. But all we're going to say to you guys is, we've made like a joint decision that we're going to just make this as family friendly mm -hmm. as we possibly can, not without without trying to stifle any creativity or anything like that or right right yeah much. it's like i mean that was genuinely scott and if you listen to that podcast it's a real like he's a great guy and like mm. you know overall he was he, he sort of missed the sensitivity to that but we also didn't take responsibility enough at the beginning to tell him that and so we're going to make sure we do that in the future with guests and uh you know we don't want to set a precedent of you know deleting things if we make a mistake everybody makes mistakes and we'll try to improve in the future but one thing to re remember too is that when you're amongst friends, especially sometimes, you know, it's you can fall. And I also did a podcast with Scott before that was not about Chinese learning, and we did not censor ourselves in any way. It was like it was just more of a discussion show, and we decided at the beginning we weren't going to mm. be family friendly. So I think he maybe even fell back into that old pattern because we used to do podcasts together. Mm. And there's that, and then of course, um, you know, we've been living in China for so long, and when you live in a country that we're native the native language is not English and you're speaking English with your friends, you tend to be a little bit less aware of whether or not what you're saying might be offensive to somebody <laughs> around you. And, uh, you know, not to say that we're just like swearing all the time or being gross. I mean, a little bit, but you know, anyway, the point is like, we don't, uh, we, you can sometimes forget, you know, oh, we haven't been in a Western country for a long time. And, you know, when you're on the bus, you do have to kind of pay attention. You don't want to loudly be talking about things that, mm -hmm. um, you know, are gross or whatever. So, uh, Sorry about that, but we will be focusing on that in the future for yeah. sure. So yeah, that's that about wraps it up for today. So thank you again very much for listening and uh, free trial of the course now available. Eighty plus videos mm. for free, no credit card information required. Yes. That was a change that we made since the last time we recorded the podcast, and so you can see the link in the show notes. Just go to the uh, the Mandarin uh, Mandarin slash the Mandarin Blueprint method. You can start your free trial there, and uh, you know before the platform required you to still put in your credit card information, even though it wasn't. Gonna be charged for 10 days you know some people were like well i don't know yeah i don't know if i want to do it well no worries you can now just sign up directly and of course the pronunciation mastery course is still free mm -hmm. whichever one you sign up for you'll get the other one too because they're both free things so uh check it out and um thanks so much for your support any other questions send to our email support at and we'll see you all next week see you guys mm -hmm.